0: welcome to the cash flow guys podcast you heard the man this is Tyler chef I am your host and this is the cash flow guys podcast guys and girls I appreciate you taking the time to spend some time with me this morning we are gonna cover or if you're listening in the evening and the afternoon then great but we're gonna cover kind of a cool topic I'm gonna I've been taking a lot of calls some of you have been taking action you you've gotten out from behind the computer screen or behind the cell phone and you've actually picked up the phone you went to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. And you got an appointment on my calendar and we've had some great conversations. And one of the common denominators I'm seeing is a lot of folks are having a hard time finding a deal or more importantly, they just think that everything's overpriced and we're going to wait things out and whatever. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad logic. Okay. Full disclosure, I have not been killing myself to go out and find opportunity lately because frankly there's too many people with not enough brains out chasing anything because they just feel they have to get a deal maybe because Grant Cardone told them to who knows I love Grant no disrespect to, to OG there but um, my point is this here's what I need you to get behind and understand first of all welcome to the show if this is your first time my name is Tyler Chef. I'm a multifamily real estate investor I also dabble in flip land do all kinds of creative things but bottom line is I'm a guy that invests for cash flow. Therefore, for me, nothing's really overpriced. Here's why. It does, I don't really care what the asking price is. I don't care what somebody wants for something because the reality of that is they're never going to get what they want. And what I mean by that is if somebody's got an apartment building or a mobile home or whatever, let's, let's just talk about a single family house just to keep it simple, right? A single family sticks and bricks house. And they want to hunt, they advertise it on Zillow for $100,000. They hire an agent, put it on the market for $100,000. How much they get for that property, boys and girls, completely depends on two things. One, what is the value that the buyer perceives that house to be? Okay, the buyer's gonna look at that and go, you know, I don't think it's a $100,000 house. I think it's an $80,000 house, and they're gonna make an offer accordingly. Now, in today's society, because everybody is terrified of missing out on a deal or being turned down, a lot of folks are just saying, well, it'll appreciate, so I'm just going to give them at $100,000 so they don't get mad at me. Well, here's the reality of what happens. Let's say you go get a loan or a mortgage for that property, and you get an appraiser out there, and the appraiser, because they have a brain, does their job, and they pull comparable sales, they look at the income method, building on the type of property, and they find out that, guess what, it's not worth $100,000. In fact, it's only worth about, now, well, maybe $70,000, and the mortgage company is going to say, wah, wah, nothing for you. Sorry. So I've actually had people, i have not my agent, not my buyers, because I would have probably given them some sort of a mental correction. But I know agents that have talked buyers into bringing the cash to closing. So intentionally overpaying for a property, it's like, wow, that's amazing. One, in fact, that was it was happened to be a hundred thousand dollar property these folks brought $30,000 cash to the closing table so they could close on a property. So they knowingly overpaid for the property. It's mind blowing why people would do that. But you know, who knows? I can't, who, who am I to judge? If you want to overpay, it's your business. By the way, if you want to overpay, I got a, an Aplex that was listed up until five minutes ago for $697,000. It's cash flowing like I'm banshee and you can get it today for a low, low price of 1 million. Yes, I know that's a $300,000 increase, but if you don't act now, you're going to miss out. Speaking of the Apex boys and girls, this is part in part why I'm doing this episode is because it blows my mind that people don't pick up the phone and call us or that more people rather, because a lot of folks are, but not enough, right? Never enough. Why people are afraid to make offers. They're terrified of having a conversation or making an offer. It blows my mind. Now we've had some folks that have a brain and have a pair, that have picked up the phone and had good, solid conversations. And we're working through several different creative opportunities, right? We've got some folks out looking to raise capital for this deal. Uh, we've got all kinds of irons in the fire to put this deal together, right? Commercial larger properties take a little longer to get things done. That said, if you are in the market for a cash cow multifamily property in the Tampa Bay area, then you better get on the phone or get on. Uh, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. book a slot with me. Let's find out how we can help you. If it's not this deal, it could very easily be another one. The one thing I can tell you, boys and girls, that if you buy multifamily property or you buy property in the Tampa Bay area, you've got me on your side of the negotiating table. You have my team and I helping you get the deal done. We're not going to let you overpay for a property. And matter of fact, we're going to beat the living crap out of the deal until we get it so it's performing like crazy for you because that's what we do. We use the best title company, frankly, in my opinion, the country the best title company in the country is insured title agency. I've been using them for years and years and years. All 100% of our deals on our team go through insured title agency. Not because I get free t-shirts and coffee mugs, which I don't, I'm just joking, but because they're the best in the business. Those of you in the Tampa Bay area probably even hear commercials on the podcast because they're one of our show sponsors. And that's not why I'm patting them on the back right now because this particular episode is going out to the whole country it's because when you have a great team member support them and they support you, they take care of my clients. They help us through tricky deals. They help us solve problems that a lot of other companies cannot. And that's why I can't say enough good about how well they do uh, helping us get stuff done. So that said, right. I want you to get on board with a couple of mindset issues here. Uh, mindset thoughts rather, right? We're going to tweak things a little bit. First of all, there is no such thing as an advertised good deal. I'm going to say it again. There's no such thing as an advertised good deal. What does that mean? That means everything is overpriced and always will be. Okay. You're never going to have enough money to do every deal. Okay. Think about that. So let's recap. Let's go from, start from the top. Everything is overpriced and always will be. So that means stop saying it because we already know it. Who gives a hoot? what the asking price is. It is the word asking is telling you everything. We're asking for this. Well, I'm asking for you all to each send me a million dollars. I'm asking for you to send me a million dollars. How many of you will step up to the plate and send Uncle Tyler a million dollars cash? No, I'm not going to give you an investment property in exchange. I just want the million dollars. I'm not going to pay you back. That would be silly. So I'm asking you for a million dollars. Does that mean I'm going to get it? No, that's an asking price. So let's stop getting all worked up about what somebody's asking for a property. Do you know people that ask less than what a property is worth? Would any logical, reasonable person with a brain go, Hey, this house is worth a hundred thousand, but I'm gonna ask eighty thousand because then it'll get sold quick and that'll be great. No, that's not how things work, boys and girls. That's just not how it goes. So let's not waste any time with the negative energy. Let's instead focus on why is this thing for sale? Mr. Seller, Mr. Broker, I hate it when you say Mr. Broker because then you're not really to the decision, direct to the decision maker. Got tongue tied there for a second. But why is this for sale? What about this makes sense? Why should I do this deal? Now, these are the things that are going through my head. Okay, So stop searching for what's for sale, first of all. Here's why you're searching for, low, for what's for sale. Because it's low-hanging fruit. Because as humans, we are naturally lazy. The 1800s is gone. We don't do things in Florida in August in wool suits like they used to back in the day. You want to talk about true, hardcore humans? Man, open up a history book and look at them folks. They had it rough. We got it made these days. These days, we're so lazy that we won't actually leave our little cubicle and go somewhere knocking on doors or talking to folks or shaking hands or putting it out there to the universe of what we're looking for. Instead, we want the Internet to serve it to us. We're sitting on Zillow. We're sitting in the MLS and we're looped down to somewhere and we're bitching because there's no deals. Well, (laughs) people don't advertise deals. Again, there's no such thing as an advertised good deal. So stop looking for an advertised good deal. Instead, look for problems. Look for something that is amiss, something awry, something that doesn't make sense. The other day I was looking at some land opportunities. Where was I looking, boys and girls? I was looking in the MLS. Why am I looking in the MLS? Well, because I know that realtors are lazy And they do a terrible job in marketing. That's why most realtors are broke. I can say that because I am a realtor. Now, I'm a marketing machine, which is why my deals get sold for top dollar. And my buyers and sellers get everything they got coming to them. And they're happy as can be because we don't sit on our laurels and do absolutely nothing. Instead, we make sure that we take really good listing photographs and that we do proper marketing and that we spend lots of money marketing the property so the whole world can see them. But here's the reality. Most agents don't do that. Most agents take a listing, stick it on the MLS using the hope and pray method. Oh, the MLS syndicates to 700 websites. Well, you know, so does (laughs) Craigslist when you think about it. But reality of it is they don't actually apply any marketing skills. They don't know how to market. They're not taught how to market a property. So I don't want to hear this garbage about there's no good deals on the MLS. There's tons of good deals on the MLS, but you have to actually go out, roll up your sleeves, and create them. You got to get on the phone. You got to build a comfort, build rapport. Get yourself in front of that listing agent and the seller if you're going to go that route and have a good conversation. That's how you do deals. Look at expired listings. What's an expired listing? It's one. It's a listing that a realtor failed to sell. Okay, and when a listing is expired and it's not renewed, guess what? The seller probably still wants to sell. And guess what they don't have anymore? The agent. Why is that? Because the agent might have sucked at what they do. So they canned that agent, and they're probably sitting back trying to figure out what to do next. What are the next steps? How do we get this done? Okay, You're not going to find something sitting there waiting to be had on Zillow or any other website or any Craigslist ad or any MLS ad. Those are all the same. Okay, When a wholesaler or somebody says, this is off-market, If you're being told about it, it's on market. So stop believing the lies of off-market. Some of you knuckleheads are out there buying properties. I got this as a deal on off-market. Yes, but did you actually ask what the rent is and the expenses? Well, it's off-market, I got a deal. No, knucklehead, you didn't because you paid a hundred grand too much for it. Because when something's off-market, the first question I'm gonna ask myself is why? What's wrong with this deal that it's quote-unquote off-market? More importantly, what's wrong with the seller to outline why this property is off market and half the case half the time it's a situation where somebody got in there an investor got in there and talked the seller into selling it at a significant discount right and now they're offering it to you probably for retail because i'm here to tell you in my market the tampa bay market there's no such thing as a true wholesale deal there is no discounted real estate these guys are getting more than retail Properties are selling off-market, air quotes, off-market by wholesalers. They're getting more money than realtors are getting on the MLS. So if you really want to deal in today's market, you can actually do better pay, buying a property off the MLS and paying asking price than you can buying it from a real estate meeting in the Tampa Bay market. That's a fact. Okay, Wholesalers make it $30,000 on a $100,000 house. That's a 30% commission. Hey, I'm a greedy capitalist pig. More power to him. The same real estate agents making $6,000 if they sell it themselves. So you can tell the wholesalers are no longer leaving meat on the bone. Those days are long gone, folks. So, how do we overcome that? Well, we get direct with the decision maker. We find problems. Okay. We got to get to know. The only way we're going to get to know is by having a conversation. Back in episode 125, it's called The Pendulum Theory. We discussed the power of the pendulum theory and how important getting that no out of the way is. Because once you swing that pendulum to the no, the only place it has to go is back towards the yes. If you got the the no on one side and the yes on the other, and maybe is somewhere in the middle, you swing it to one side, it's got a gravity's gonna take it to the other side. It's called momentum, gravity, all those other scientific and engineering things that I'm not smart enough to talk about. Bottom line is you gotta apply the power of the pendulum theory, you gotta get that seller to know you can't get there unless you have a conversation with them, which brings me to determining seller motivation. Folks, stop making offers to unmotivated sellers. How do you find out if a seller's motivated? The answer is you talk to them. You have a conversation. If you're not talking to the decision maker, you are absolutely colossally wasting your time. So when you waste your time, you get discouraged. I get it. Trust me, man. I have my head beat against the wall many times trying to get out there and make things happen, trying to create things from thin air. It's a beast. I get it. Direct mail is expensive. All these marketing methods, except for direct mail or direct um, digital marketing are very expensive. One of the reasons I use digital marketing is because I get a massive bang for my buck. Okay. A massive bang. My average listing gets on the average of 50,000 views on it. 50,000 views. That's why when I sell a property in the Tampa Bay market, it gets top dollar. Okay. So think about this. People need to know what you're looking for. So you need to have a marketing program that helps educate the masses, the sellers that are motivated on what exactly you're looking for. If people don't know what you're looking for, you'll never find it, right? They'll never bring it to you because they don't know you're looking. You ever wonder why nobody talks to people that are in a cemetery? Well, because there's six foot of dirt between them. Nobody knows What's going on? Except for there's a bunch of people planted in the ground, right? They're dead. You can't have a conversation with them. If you can't have a conversation with them, why are you even going to try? Same thing here in the real world. When you don't let people know what you're doing, then you just get nothing's going to change for you. You got to think of outside the box. You got to put a message out there that's consistent, that makes sense. Hi, my name is Jimmy and I, I buy mobile homes on land in Newport Ritchie, Florida. You know, if you're consistent in that, eventually people start hearing about it and they go, My Aunt Susie's Uncle Mike's cat's dog therapist has a mobile home in Newport, Richie, that happens to be on its own land and they're in trouble. So I'm going to call Jimmy. And next thing you know, Jimmy gets a lead and everybody's happy. Instead of poor Jimmy spending tens of thousands of dollars on direct mail to get five phone calls, four of which don't answer, you know, don't return calls anyway, or they have properties that that they're not motivated or whatever the reason may be, or it may be one of those, how did you get my information calls that that come in off of bandit signs and direct mail and all that. Right. I can't believe people still ask that by the way, it blows my mind. How did you get your information? It's called the internet folks. It's been around for a spell now. Goodness gracious. All right. Once you determine that you have a motivated seller, the next step is to focus on asking good questions so you can learn about their situation How do you learn to do this? Well, find a spouse, find a coworker, maybe heaven forbid you have a friend and you talk to that friend, like, you know, face to face in person with real words and voices and facial expressions and all that good stuff. And you practice, right? Get your best friend and go buy them a couple beers and promise that make them promise they won't laugh at you while you practice this. Those that are my inner circle group, they spend a lot of time practicing. That's what makes them good. That's what makes them better. That's what makes them experts. Why are my students raising money more money than they know what to do with? Because they're out there practicing and they're failing forward, they're failing fast. That's how they're crushing it. Now, you got one of the questions you need to ask is, why are they selling? Okay, why are they selling? Now you ask this question to a realtor. Chances are they're going to give you some generic answer because either number one, they don't know the answer at all. They have no idea why the seller's selling, or they just accepted whatever BS the seller gave them about why they're selling as fact. The reality is, there's usually a deeper re- reason of why someone's selling. You know, you see somebody's house, it's all nasty, smells like dirty butt, and and just, ugh, you know, crime scene tape around the place. They're not selling because they're looking to get into better schools. I got to tell you, I hate to tell you, that's just not going to, that's not how it flies or they're not looking to downsize. No, man, they're having some major issues and they got to get those issues corrected. So why is it important for you to know what those issues are? Because if they're selling that $100,000 house, they don't necessarily always need the entire 100000 <gasps> Imagine that. Maybe they only need 3500 dollars to solve their problem. Maybe they don't even need that and maybe if you were the person that could inject that medicine into their problem to solve it, you could put that deed in your name instead. let's talk about the seller that needs 3500 bucks. Give them 3500 bucks you don't have 3500 bucks find somebody there's all kinds of people who got 3500 bucks if you don't have 3500 bucks. But I'll say this, if you don't have $3,500, you should be asking yourself why you don't have $3,500 and get your shit together. Because most Americans, sadly enough, most Americans cannot handle a $3,500 emergency. If that is you, then maybe we need to get on the phone and figure that mess out. Maybe you need to go invest 100 bucks with Dave, Dave Ramsey and take his, um, what is it, Financial Peace University or whatever. Get on the Dave Ramsey happy train and learn how to eliminate debt. Because your debt's killing you. Debt is what holds you in the rat race, folks, by the way. Bad debt is what keeps you in the rat race. Good debt will get you out of the rat race. But bad debt will 100% put you into the rat race and keep you there forever, okay, forever. Thank goodness gracious, both of my girls were smarter than their mom and I and have, for the most part, avoided debt, bad debt in their, for their lives. They're still young. They're in their 20s, both my daughters. And the last time I checked, which is a few months ago, they're both out of debt, okay? Okay. Um, they have no debt, which is a beautiful thing. They don't have student loans. They have any of that stuff saddling them. That's not because daddy pays for everything because I don't believe in enabling your kids like that. It's because they're smart and they've learned from my dumb mistakes and my ex-wife's dumb mistakes. And that's why they're doing well and I'm real proud of them. Said, that said, you need to find out when someone's selling what they plan, what their plans are for the proceeds. I know that's a challenging situation, but talking about good debt and bad debt... Maybe it's as simple as a credit card companies are putting the screws to them. Maybe they, they got a car payment they can't handle. And they got a, they can't get rid of it without a, uh, I don't know what's the word you're looking for without a repossession. So they want to make up the difference. So they can just make the car go away to make their life better. And maybe that needs 10 grand. So maybe they need the 10 grand. Well, what if you can get them the 10 grand or what if you can pick up that car payment that they overpaid for, that they're sick and tired of dealing with. What if, what if, what if we're never going to know the answers to these questions, boys and girls until we ask them. So, you got to ask the questions, folks. You got to ask those questions, okay? Why is the advertised price important to them? And I know you're thinking, dude, you're got to be, you are smoking crack. Why would I ask him that? Well, because it's the question you need the answer to. Why is it $100,000 and not 105 dollars or ninety five? There's a reason why we came up to $100,000. And as, talking about the price, a, a seller talking about the price is just as uncomfortable as a buyer talking about the price, I hate to tell you that's uncomfortable for them. So what you're doing basically is kind of shifting the mind a little bit. You're bringing them into that place where they now have to justify their position. Now, when you have that said, don't go into it like you're scrutinizing them or telling them they're wrong. That's absolutely the wrong way to do it. If you're a dickhead, you're not going to do well in negotiating, right? I know a lot of folks I see on Facebook where they're just a dickhead You know, they're, they're nasty to people and these people usually don't do very well in life. They're, they're not, they're never going to see financial freedom. They're never going to work well in a team because, well, dude, you're a dick and nobody likes working with a dick. So there you go. So instead of being a dick, have a good solid conversation with them, build value, explain that your job is to solve problems. You are there. I am here, Mr. Mr. Seller to solve problems. That's what I do. I don't buy properties where I can't solve a problem because properties that or sellers that don't have any problems to solve really should hire a realtor so they can get top dollar for their like new brand new house with no issues. That's good, solid advice to a seller. Now the seller that doesn't have that house obviously knows you might be, might be talking about something like what they're talking about and get on board the, the train that you're talking about. Right? Why is this advertised price important to him? Some I've had sellers say, because I totally pulled that price straight out of my ass. Like, that's interesting. Okay. So you just made it up. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now that I know that, um, let's continue talking about the property and what it needs and what I think, what my plans would be with it and what your plans were and what your timeline is and what you're going to do with the proceeds and all that. I've had people tell me, and I've been a real estate agent for many, many years, and I've had lots of sellers say, I need $300,000 for my house. That's cool, John. Why do you need $300,000 for your house? Well, because you know, I bought it for a hundred thousand last year, but I want to buy an RV and the RV I want's two hundred grand. Okay, I get it, John, but how do I explain that to a buyer? Like, well, I don't know, you're the salesman, that's your job. I know, John. I'm good. I'm probably one of the best negotiators you ever meet, but I need something better. You gotta give me some ammunition, brother. I can't sit there and say, You gotta overpay for this house by two hundred grand because John needs an RV. That's not how it works. Oh, it's not? Damn. I actually've had these conversations, folks, okay? The next step would be getting into the methods they used. If, it's, if they're not using a, a, what I call a WAG or a wild-ass guess, I ask them the exact methods they used to arrive at the asking price. And frankly, this is where I put on the newbie hat. Okay, This is where I let them know that I don't have all the answers, and I become humble. And I say, John, you know, I find f- pricing methods and valuations fascinating. I've often thought about getting my appraiser's license, but I thought maybe it was over my head. John I'm asking, I'm wondering, could you help me understand like what methods you use to determine the value? because I'm not that's not something I'm the best at. I buy rental property, and with rental property, it's pretty easy to determine the value. It really ties to how much income does this property generate. That's the only metric I would use as a buy and hold real estate investor. But you being the homeowner, I'm really intrigued on what method you use because I find that I've learned something every day. And the day if a day goes by that I didn't learn something new, then I'm I obviously didn't try hard enough. And that's a great way to segue into them explaining their price, how they got to their price. And if they can't explain it, guess what? We're back to the old wag situation, wild ass gas. They can't tell you because they don't know themselves. They're guessing. Now most folks are gonna say, Well, I looked at Aunt Susie's house down the street and John and Timmy over there and four blocks down and you know, I know that's a three-story house, but I figure if you knock that off by a third and add 50 grand, everything will work out. Oh, that's interesting. You never tell them that you're wrong, that they're wrong. Never. I don't care what they come up with. I talked to my cat, and my cat told me how much the house is worth. Great. Outstanding. That's awesome. Now that I understand, that's awesome. Change the seller can move on to something else. But you need to understand their logic. Because understanding the logic of a seller is going to help you get to where you need to get in negotiations. If you're assuming what their logic is, I guarantee you, you'll be wrong. Trust me when I tell you, when you're dealing with a -a wackadoodle, it's a good idea to know for sure that you're dealing with a -a wackadoodle versus dealing with a normal person. So I ask questions to see what type of answers I get. And I can tell in a five seconds flat if I'm dealing with a nut job or not. My, My favorite is when I'm dealing with the quote unquote retired realtor that by the way is in social security and doesn't have any rental property. I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're not smart. You know, I can't believe that there's such a thing as a realtor that doesn't own rental property. If you've been a realtor for more than five years and you don't own rental property yet, shame on you. What's wrong with you? How can you sell a product that you yourself won't buy and hold? That doesn't make sense to me. So, and they probably say, because I don't have the money, because I don't sell enough real estate. Well, that's because you don't have enough leads. And the more leads you get, the easier it is to sell real estate. It's not rocket science to sell real estate. Any realtor could make a hundred grand a year easily if they simply focus on lead generation, you could suck at every other part of being a realtor and just focus on lead generation and you could trip over a hundred grand in commissions. It any rocket science guys. Okay. It's not rocket science. So the next question I'm going to have for them is what happens if they don't get the asking price, right? What if they don't get their asking price? How many people have come in looking at this property so far is another good question. When you're going back to the, what happens if you don't get this asking price? well, You'd be surprised how people would just roll over and give you the the whole keys to the castle. What if they don't get the price? Well, I guess I'll be I might lose it to foreclosure. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened that caused you to be in foreclosure? Well, you know, I my wife had surgery and whatever the story is. You see how you can use these questions to segue to other solutions, but you have to ask the questions. Otherwise, they never would have told you about their wife's surgery if you didn't ask them. What happens if they don't get the asking price? Okay. Here's a great one that I ask, and this usually gets a chuckle. Nine times out of 10, this gets a chuckle. On the 10th time, the person that doesn't chuckle looks at me with deer in the headlights, okay? But in most cases, they'll give me an answer. What offer price, what offer could I make that would offend you? And then you don't say a damn word. Shut it, zip it, not zip, zip, www.com. Don't say a word. What offer price would offend you? Most people don't know how to answer that. At all. They have no clue. They're like, what is that? Dude is definitely a smoking crack. (laughs) But when they give you a number, oh, baby, talk about showing your cards. I love it when they give me a number. It excites me when they give me a number. Okay. What offer price would offend you? What kind of question is that? It's a serious question. The last thing I'd ever want to do, Mr. Jones, is offend you or Mrs. Jones. So what offer price would offend you? Well, I'm asking $100,000. I won't take one penny less than $100,000. If you offer me $99,000, I'm going to be pissed and I'm going to punch you in the face and I'm going to call you a racist on Facebook. It's like, okay, so not a motivated seller moving on to the next guy. But you'd be surprised how many times they'll be listed at $100,000 and say, well, if anything less than $60,000, I'm going to get upset. Okay, good. So what do I know then? What have I just learned? What have they just told me? I just essentially, quote-unquote, tricked them into giving me their, one of their bottom dollars. And when they give me a number, $60,000, well, Mr. Jones, why would $60,000 offend you? Well, because I had an appraisal done, and the appraisal came in at 61200 Oh, okay, great. I've actually had that happen, folks. Yes, it happens. Understand this. People are really, as humans, we're not all that brilliant sometimes. Sometimes our mouth gets ahead of our brain. Okay. Sometimes our fingers get ahead of our brain. you are been on Facebook. <laughs> go look at a Facebook wall and see people bantering and fighting and killing each other and calling each other racist and scumbags and all this other stuff on Facebook. That's a great example of people's mouth getting ahead or fingers rather in this case, getting ahead of their brain. Okay. That's just how things go. That's the reality. So that right there, your Facebook feed is proven the pudding that this method will work. Okay. What happens if you don't get the asking price? What offer price would offend them? Guys, I know you're going to have a hard time with this. I know you are, but you just got to do it. Please, we've covered this. Just get out there and spit it out. What offer price would offend them? How many no's does it take for you to throw in the towel? That's a question you have to ask yourself. How many no's will it take before you have to throw in the towel? If, If you can give a definitive answer to that, I want you to triple it, okay? If you feel that it takes 10 no's for you to throw in the towel, then maybe real estate isn't for you. Maybe it's just not something that works for you. And that's okay because here's the deal. Real estate is not for everybody, okay? It's not for everybody. And be okay with that. So maybe you join a team of other people that are doing real estate and you're just not the guy or girl that negotiates. Totally cool with that. I've got people on my team that suck at negotiating. But guess what they don't do? They don't negotiate my team, I do. Okay, big difference. I've got others that are learning to negotiate and frankly, they're getting really good at it and those people are doing it even though they hate it because they're good at it, they have potential for it and I encourage them to succeed. That's how things work. That's how we roll, right? So that said, you should be willing to make at least 100 offers right out of the gate and if that trips you up, if you think, oh my gosh, 100 offers, I'm going to die if I got to do 100 offers, well, guess what? Acquisitions manager is not your job that's what that means. That means stop even bothering. You need to focus on something else. Maybe you're the person that does, that learns how to do marketing. Okay. I'm thinking together, speaking of which I'm thinking of putting together a coaching program that will teach people how to do marketing. Like I do marketing, how to do it without breaking the bank and spending a God awful fortune on marketing. If I put something together like that, would you guys benefit with that? Would you find value in that? If so, drop an email to info at cashflowguys.com and say, good gravy, Tyler. Teach me how to market because I'm terrible at it or some variation thereof. I want to gauge the interest in what you would want to learn. If learning marketing makes sense to you, and if you're taught by me specific marketing for real estate investors or realtors, if that makes sense to you and you want to learn that, info at cashflowguys.com, send me an email my team will get a running tally, and if it makes sense, we'll put something together for you guys that makes sense. It'll be probably be some sort of a live group coaching type of thing, just spitball and come up with ideas. Because here's what I found out real estate agents and investors are terrible at marketing. All you guys understand is going to click the mail and blasting off postcards and going broke in the process. Why spend several thousand when you can spend several hundred and get better results? Okay. That said, the only way you're going to be able to make a hundred offers is to have a thousand leads. It's a fact. There's not a hundred. You're not. You're not going to have the chance looking on Zillow to make a hundred offers because what you're going to do is you're going to piss off a hundred sellers. Most of the motivated sellers are not on Zillow, okay? Unless they've been there a while, you got to learn how to gauge that. You know, if it probably has been on the market for a long, long time, well, that says something's not right. Maybe it says the seller's not motivated. and We shouldn't be wasting our time with them anyway. It depends. It's case by case. I'll probably cover that if I decide to do the marketing class. That said, folks, the only, you've got to learn how to generate leads. Leads is going to get you to the point to where you can write offers. When you write offers, you're going to get a lot of no's, but you're going to get some yeses. And that's how we make this happen, folks. Don't worry about the money and the marketing. You can learn how to market to attract folks, how to do marketing, how to do uh, meetings that will, you can meet with people and help them learn about how to move their money. <laughs> How to? And if you don't know how to do that, guys, you can. There's all kinds of opportunities out there for you to learn. Keep it simple. Don't overthink it. Take some action, boys and girls. If you have not got on the phone with me yet, if this is your first time, you hear the sound of my voice, but you never talked to me on the phone, you're stuck. You need to get restructure things, figure stuff out. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler and get on my calendar. That's how we make this stuff happen, folks. Okay. I can't begin to stress to you how important it is for you to take action. As the economy shifts, what you're going to find is it's going to be harder to borrow money. Banks are going to be shutting you down. Things are not going to be want or they're not going to be wanting to borrow money. If you're living on credit cards, you need to stop. You got to get it together, folks, right? You got to take things to the next level by learning how to raise capital, learn how to help other people, and you will proper, prosper, prosper. If you bring value to the marketplace, and Jim Rohn said this, if you bring value to the marketplace, the marketplace will absolutely return value to you. Lastly, if you're not a member of my group, get over to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Join up. If you got questions? This ask concludes today's episode. today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.